Got one for you. I feel pretty confident that you're going to be able to pick up pick pick up on this one, right? Why is Dracula a cheap date? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> is it just because he sucks? Because I'm going to be no. mad if that's the punchline. <laughs> no. That would be a punchline for almost any Dracula joke because yeah. he sucks. So. I know. No, just be so lazy. <laughs> Not far off. Uh, because he eats next to nothing. Uh, Welcome, boys and girls, to a little fucking mini zone of Halloween's Forever. I'm Brian. I'm Steve. <laughs> Make also it champ. here, guys. Don't wait. Um, also, uh, I do want to illustrate the like very pure, real disappointment that Steve had in the one to that joke. I feel like <laughs> most of the time he's like, oh, you suck, you asshole. And this one, it was just like, oh. It was like yeah. very genuine. I felt it. Yeah, I didn't like uh, that one. It, it was hurt. a bad joke. It's a bad <laughs> joke. I mean, most of the jokes are bad. That one was exceptionally bad. Really poor work. In any case, um, we had duo uh, today um, for this whole mini-sode. Meg is gallivanting around Europe right now, I would imagine. She's probably just uh, uh, neck deep in, in herring or something like that. I don't know what the fuck kind of nonsense she's up to, but um, she will not be joining us uh, for this here mini. So, so we're going we're going with a duo. However, we do have some exciting things to announce that include Meg and our next showdown episode. But before we do all of that... Maybe we talk about what we drinking. I don't know. It's a little early in the day. This is a little earlier than we're typically recording. This is a Saturday around around noontime. I, for one, have not jumped into the beers yet. Are you, have you jumped into the beer, Steve? I haven't, but I'm actually drinking beer adjacent. Mm, okay. Uh, I, I So we're talking about Renfield this week. Mm-hmm. And the movie theater that's uh, the movie theater I went to. It's near the only place I can get a Sprecher Cherry Cola. Okay. So I picked some of, the, some of that up after the show. Where do you get a Sprecher Cherry Cola around here? You get it. I don't want to tell people where it's at. <laughs> you think they're going to go buy it all up? One, that. And two, <laughs> it's not a place. I'm pretty sure by shopping there, I'm like supporting some sort of anti-LGBT fucking. Oh, really? Yeah, it's Rural yeah. King. Oh, Rural King. Listen, I've been around the Rural King a couple, two, three times. I bought some clothes over there. It does feel like that's the vibe of Rural King, yeah. doesn't it? Like, there's no uh, way, like, if Hobby Lobby is a fucking, like, you know, front for the the Christian right, there's no way Rural King is There's isn't. no way, and I, listen, this we're making some assumptions here, but it feels fairly safe mm-hmm. that R- Rural King is, like, the alt-right version of Home Depot almost, you know, or something like yeah. that, or Trader Horn, uh, for those of you who are Western Pennsylvanians. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I do like to go into the Rural King. I mostly like to be in there because I like to shop places that smell like a chicken coop. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> they also just have shit you won't find anywhere else. I remember one time I had a, uh, a situation where I needed um, – a, a, a propane burner for something and like w- something broke and I had people come over and need a propane burner and I'm like calling around and no Royal King they got a whole damn stack of propane burners cheap yeah. as hell too so you can find you know I, I, had, I had to get a, a I had to get a raccoon cage a big cage for a raccoon that was living under my under my pool 
you know where you go? Go to Roar King. Get a big old mm-hmm. raccoon cage. They're, they're, they're a one-stop shop, mm-hmm. but also probably donate their money to terrible things. <laughs> it feels like they it feels like the type of place that would. Yeah, fair enough. Fair Do enough. You, are you the type of millennial or zennial who's really into Carhartt? They have mm-hmm. Carhartt out the yeah. ass. <laughs> yes, I've purchased a, an, a, an assortment of Carhartt there. Yeah, I will. I will. I will admit that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back it, to back to the Sprecher Cherry Cola. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to point out one Sprecher. They also are a brewery, but we don't like their beer. Um, eh, not yeah. really. Uh, but they do make this Cherry Cola with the same kind of cherries that are in the uh, 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 the oh, I can't remember the it, it's the Belgian red. Like Montmorency, yeah, cherries. Yeah, okay. they use those same cherries as you find in the Belgian oh, like red Door from, County, like yeah. Door County. Yeah, yeah Mont- Mor- I think they're Montmorency, but they're from Door County, Wisconsin. Yeah, but uh, what's, the, yeah. what's the what's the brewery in Wisconsin? My brain just oh, fucking tri- yeah, New Glarus. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's it's so it, this is the cherry cola version of their Belgian red. Oh, it's so fucking good. Yeah. Um, Sprecher root beer is top notch. Um, the the cherry coal is great. They make a great cream soda. Um, just Sprecher, Sprecher, uh, the pop, the pop is top notch. When I lived in uh, Wisconsin, I, I was spoiled on the on the Sprecher root beers everywhere up there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yours is even more interesting than me. I am. Uh, I'm just drinking a good old cup of coffee. But I do have a, a a new mug that I got at a thrift store. Not even at a thrift store. There's like it is a thrift store, I suppose. It's like a consignment shop, I would say. Oh, okay. That popped up, and this is genius. Um, there is a place that's one of those big, you know, self self storage, you know, businesses that have like a bunch of just cinder block buildings um, that, you know, you just rent out and put your like, you know, dead relatives shit in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one of those near me. They took one of the little units, the one closest to the road. And turned it into a consignment shop that they're clearly just selling things that people <laughs> abandoned from the from from the uh, uh, from the units, which is fucking brilliant. They, uh, they skipped the step of storage wars and they said, "Wait, why sell it to other people when we can piece all this out ourselves?" That is clearly what's happening, and I, and <laughs> I love it about it. Yeah, like weird windowless building, uh, just made of cinder blocks. It's freezing cold in there, but they do have just like a bunch of weird shit i bought um uh because i need to own more of these i bought here i'll grab it it's right here i grab i bought um a parts missing uh uh, turtle van oh sick uh because my my turtle van uh, has a couple parts missing, so I bought this one for used it's parts. Basically, <laughs> yeah, that's the dorkiest shit ever. But two dollars, come on, turtle yeah, van. All right, two, you know it's missing the door and all that, but that's not the part I need. I don't need the door. I need the little front thing with the little. Anyway, um, so yeah, I'm the kind of guy who buys extra turtle vans for spare parts. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anyway, but I bought. The, I've got this mug there uh, that I really like, which is a. It says. Right. It looks like a mug you would buy at like a um, speaking of weird um, <laughs> all right businesses. Uh, uh, what's the fr- Cracker Barrel? Oh, yeah. um, it looks like something you'd buy at Cracker Barrel mm-hmm. in like the kitschy department. It does. But it's authentic. Um, it is from a, a Hardee's restaurant 
1986. It does say on the bottom, stamp 1986 Hardee's. It's the Rise and Shine Homemade Hardee's Biscuits. But it is, uh, like I said, it is actually like a, a, a real two-tone mug. You can feel the texture difference. And then it's from 1986, for, for literally from a Hardee's. So untold number of, of, of murderous truckers uh, probably drank out of this mug, which, which uh, I can appreciate. <laughs> um, but no beers for us yet today. It's early in the day. Actually, I was up very late last night um, until oh, after two, which is very late for me nowadays, um, watching the season premiere of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw they did uh, they did uh, the one Fulci movie, Zombie. What was the second film they did? Uh, it was uh, uh, The Beyond or or From Beyond. Oh, okay. Uh, whichever the, f- I always get the Fulci the Beyond, one. I believe yeah, is the, the Fulci Beyond one. And the yeah. Stuart Gordon movie, which I like way, way right. more. Um, <laughs> not the cool cosmic horror uh, Lovecraftian Stuart Gordon movie, the Fulci one with the woman with the weird eyes. Right. Um, they played <laughs> that, which is good too. It's fine. Um, mm-hmm. It's not as fun as Zombie, but they, they went a little Fulci double feature last night, which was cool. And they had the guy um, who composed a lot of the music for Fulci on. They oh, had nice. Uh, they had uh, Ian McCullough on. They had um, they had a whole bunch of people actually. Uh, Bob Cap Goldthwait was on, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and uh, Dan Housen yeah. uh, from from AEW was on, yeah. which he, he I get a fucking kick out of that guy. Um, I I haven't really I don't really watch AEW too much. I I probably would would like it if I got more into it. But he's such a fucking funny weird character. Yeah, um, he, but, like he made his because uh, he. He got signed to AEW by doing that stuff on like the indies. Yes. So he just got so popular on his own that they couldn't not take him. Yeah, that's kind of what I feel. That, you know, he's he's very um, non-traditional, mm-hmm. uh, super gimmicky character, but he really sticks to it. He really plays it super well. He doesn't phone anything in. He no. is, uh, yeah, he's great. Um, and he was on last night. So um, anyway, that was fun. So I was up late watching that, um, drinking beers and whatnot. So I haven't gotten, got, you know, I'm still, I'm still on the coffee today, but. Yeah, like Steve said, we're going to talk about Renfield 2023's brand new uh, uh, co-starring the great Nick Cage. Um, Spoiler alert, he's the best part about the movie. Mm. Um, But uh, before we do that, we got a couple of other things we got to do here at the top of the show. First of all, let me remind you, if you want to participate in all of these weird showdown topics and suggestions and voting on what we talk about and those sorts of things, you should definitely follow us on the social medias at Halloween is forever on uh, Instagram and TikTok and uh, well, mostly Instagram and Twitter, occasionally TikTok. (laughs) And then we do post some stuff on Facebook too. But when we have topics for our showdown episodes, uh, you can certainly propose topics, but you also vote on the topics that we pull off that big old spinny ass wheel every damn month of the year. Um, For those of you who are catching up this month, we uh, do have our topic for the May showdown coming up here pretty damn quick. It's uh, is that next week already? Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, coming up real fast here for uh, for the month of May, which is uh, before they were stars. So this is on screen talent. Um, these are actors, actresses, actresses who. Um, you know, maybe got their start in a genre film or perhaps starred or had an adjacent, not necessarily starred. I think we established it doesn't have to be the star of the movie, but you were in a, uh, uh, you know, some sort of genre horror film um, before you became some sort of big giant monster star. So 
um, interesting uh, uh, scenario here for May. Meg is not going to be joining us for the showdown episode. She is still going to be gallivanting around Europe, you know, sucking blood, eating fermented fish, doing whatever the fuck she does over there. So we're going to have a guest co-host for the may showdown episode which is gonna be our old friend bigfoot ben uh, if you recall he he was on oh it's probably been in geez at least a year ago now um to talk about it was a bigfoot movie what was it what do you what it was bigfoot the movie wasn't it oh bigfoot the movie of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh locally produced pittsburgh pittsburgh's own bigfoot the movie um but in this instance he is going to be our first ever uh person that's going to slide in for the showdown episode now meg's meg's fingerprints are all over this fucking scenario here (laughs) she she decided that she was going to suggest she was going to pick the movie and then ben had the choice to either you know take her selection and and defend it and talk about it or he did have the option to um to uh uh you know choose uh his own he decided to remain loyal to meg to to really carry that flag to die on that hill for her and uh we all know meg she loves two things Right. She loves incest <laughs> and she loves just creepy, uh, potentially pedophiles as well. She always ends up stumbling into defending movies uh, starring, directed by or including strong subject matter around topics such as incest and, 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 and pederasts and stuff like that. This time, I mean, didn't she, she didn't she take Rosemary's baby in a previous? She literally only does this. It's like her favorite thing. And she always acts like, I didn't know. I didn't know. She no, I think there's some sort of psychic connection with her and just fucking creeps. That I, just, she I just wanted wants to, to talk build, about. I just want to help the new audience. If there's anybody new listening, you know, mm-hmm. to build the character profile. Mm-hmm. This is, we're not just saying this, but like she has a history of it. She's Literally taken Rosemary's fir- baby in yeah, one of the, the shows. F- the first movie she ever picked as a quote unquote punishment episode after she won um, uh, the very first showdown episode we ever did, which is like two years ago almost, was. Um, uh, the strange thing about the Johnsons, which was um, the student film from uh, Ari Aster, which is literally 100% about incest. Right. And every movie since then has had some sort <laughs> of weird pederastry or incest, uncomfortable themes associated with it. So th- this is a long, this is two years of her doing this. So <laughs> we're no longer surprised. But if you are new, this is her bag. Um, so in in that spirit, she selected the 2001 film by one shitbag, Mr. Victor Salva, the director, um, <laughs> who is the tie to the weird uh, uh, pederastry and, and abusive asshole in this one. Uh, Jeepers Creepers. So a movie uh, starring uh, one Mr. Justin Long. Of course, a very big star now, and he's wonderful. Don't get me wrong; love right. him. I love him. Love him in this movie. Uh, but the director in this instance uh, is a real piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ben has chosen again to die on that hill and defend Meg's honor uh, or lack thereof to death. <laughs> so she, she, he, Ben is going to be defending uh, Jeepers Creepers from two thousand and one. They just remade Jeepers Creepers, didn't they? Like within the last few years or yeah, something? Yeah, I think it actually came out last year. It's like Jeepers uh, Creepers Reborn. Didn't see it. 
didn't see it didn't see it yeah kind of wrote off that franchise for obvious reasons which is like you know you could have that discussion a lot of people talk about okay there's a lot of people work on that movie there's you know it's not all um you know it's not a singular thing coming from the mind of of Victor Salva, but you know, uh, there's a lot of movies out there to watch, so right. I'll, I'll I'll do other things. But in any case, uh, Ben's gonna have to talk about that. Gonna have to defend it. I'm real, real interested in watching him squirm on that. Um, but Steve and I still have to pick our movies. Yeah. And Steve, as the champ, you get to decide the order here in which. So I would assume you're gonna pick yours and then make me follow that up. Actually, no. I'm going to let oh, you okay. go because oh. I found myself, I dug up way too many. I have two. I have like 10. <laughs> like, yeah. but, I, but I have one that I've decided to go with, but I, then I do have like uh, nine backups, basically. Right. Yeah, so, <laughs> so. That, that's why I'm going to let you go. Okay. And then uh, I, I will pick the appropriate weapon to defend. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's you sneaky son of a bitch. So this is how this goes. One one more time, guys. Uh, on the showdown episodes every month, uh, early in the month, we choose uh, this. We got this big old spinny wheel that's got a bunch of different potential showdown topics on it. We randomly select three from that wheel. All those ones are on the wheel are either um, uh, created by us or a lot of them are um, suggested to us by our social media friends and listeners. So if you have any showdown topic um, themes or, or whatever, sometimes it's a subgenre, sometimes it's like this where it's kind of like a theme, um, send them our way and we'll put them on the wheel and then uh, they'll, they'll get picked at some point. Um, we get three, then we put them on social media's for everyone to vote and then once we have a topic we each pick a movie associated with that topic then we talk about it on the showdown episode on the first monday of every month we argue about it uh, eventually we um we vote and then somebody takes home that son of a bitch and championship belt for the fucking month steve did it last month so that's why he's kind of dictating a lot of the um the 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 orders and things like that um but with that being said here is my pick for before they were stars I am picking a little movie. We've been on a bit of a 90s tear here, mm -hmm. so I'm going to stick I'm going to stick with the 90s. Dead smack in the motherfucking middle of the 1990s. 1995. Any guesses yet? Uh Texas Chainsaw New Generation. No, 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 no. That movie blows. Um, this is uh, <laughs> a movie. movie. <laughs> I know, Maybe no. you found something <laughs> new in it that we don't know about. <laughs> no, it sucks. No, but that's a good that is a good shit. Because that movie has like a shitload of stars in it. Mm -hmm. Um no, I am picking one co-starring one Mr. Ant-Man himself, Paul Rudd. Oh, six. I I am going Halloween. This is part six, Halloween colon The Curse of Michael Myers from 1995. Okay. This this is a movie that was, you know, for a lot of people, was one of their least favorite ones in the franchise for a long time. But we have discussed in the past, I'm a huge fan of, of Halloween uh, and John Carpenter as a whole, but the entire Halloween franchise, good, bad, ugly. Um, but... I am very much a stereotypical fan of the Halloween franchise in that I changed my 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 opinion on the movies swings wildly over the years. <laughs> I remember hating this movie and in recent years have learned to love it. And now uh, I, I say I'm stereotypical because that was the case with Halloween three. I feel like Halloween like four and five have kind of experienced that. 
Halloween H2O's experienced that. People go ups and downs all over them throughout the years. And I feel like Halloween 6 is experiencing like this little bit of resurgence uh, popularity in recent years. And I am right on on that fucking bandwagon. So I'm going I'm going part six uh, uh, co-starring Mr. Paul Rudd. Yeah. See, like six thing with the Halloween series, I feel like it's because Mm. there's always something worse that keeps getting introduced. <laughs> but yeah, the most recent one, I loved it too. And well, I you liked loved it. A it. I, bit I, at the I still, I still hate kills and ends. Yeah, I still and hate kills and ends. I went from it's okay to this is pretty good to it's my favorite movie in the franchise. Right. I'm, I'm exaggerating, <laughs> but I do. Like I said, I I watch these movies a lot. This is the franchise that I've watched the most, and so my 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 opinions about them do evolve over time. But. But yeah, yeah, they they are always polarizing. And that's why I love this franchise so much. They're not afraid to take big swings. They're not afraid to piss everyone off. (laughs) Um, But ultimately, we're just a bunch of fucking simps. So we're going to come back around and like what you feed us eventually. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I don't I I don't dislike six. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, especially because it comes on the heel of five and five is the, I think five is the one I hate the most. Five's got to be the worst. I have again. I have. I've over the years learned to enjoy it more, but I am. I, I still maintain that it is the worst movie in the franchise. Even just for the weird Keystone Cop music and the the, but there are some parts in five that are fucking kind of fun when Michael <laughs> has like the weird clown mask thing on and the daylight. He's fucking up that guy's car with the rake and stuff. It's 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 shit. It's absolute shit. But <laughs> um, I, but I kind of like it. I kind of like it. All right. What's your pick, Steve? All right. So, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to tailor this pick to like what jeepers creepers is a movie of a certain type mm-hmm. and i wanted to see what you were going to go with because mm-hmm. i didn't want to because i have like phenomena on my list okay. yeah and like i have the vivich on my list <laughs> yeah uh but like that would be three very different movies yeah that's the thing is like they're i feel like those two movies are so different from kind of the slashery films that you guys got going on <laughs> yeah that i might it like and i don't know what ben's tastes are Mm-hmm. So I don't want to stray too far and like bore him out with the witch, yeah. you know, <laughs> just just so I could be like, I got Anna Taylor Joy and she's Princess Peach now. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go with a movie from the early 2000s. OK. And it is starring one Bradley Cooper. Ah, uh, uh, got it. In a very early movie mm-hmm. role for him. Uh, definitely before he was famous. Yes. Uh, but. I'm going to go with the Midnight Meat Train. Yep. This is this was on my list. Um, I watched this movie when it came out in what was it? 2000. I was when I was in high school. Um, Yeah, it had to be like it's somewhere between 2003, 2005 that this came out. Yeah, I want to say it was 2003 or 2004 because I think I saw it while I was in high school. I think I remember my my buddy Dan and I going to see it. It's actually 2008. Oh, Oh, college, not high school. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, Dan, Dan's movie. my buddy. Yeah, Dan, yeah. Dan's, my, Dan's my friend from college. I, I uh, you know, when you're getting um, olds, when you confuse college and high school, yeah, right? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, my, my buddy Dan and I went and saw that. I remember, and um, yeah, it's a fun one. It's a fun one. It's uh, I, I actually like remember liking it okay when it came out. Mm-hmm. Then over the years, be like, oh, this movie's trash, and then watching it again, probably. 
I don't know, maybe three years. It was probably 2020. It was yeah. probably like COVID right, era yeah. where I watched it again and, and remember thinking like, oh, this is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bad CGI blood, if I recall, but it's still fun. Yeah, there's a there's a good bit of bad CGI br- blood. Um, mm. but you know, I this is one of those movies I watched because like the the director, uh, Kitamura, mm. was like he he directed this movie called Versus back from early two thousand. Mm-hmm. That was like just he was he was, I guess, kind of supposed to be similar to like a Takashi Miike. Okay. Just like the way people were pushing him sure. back in the early 2000s of like, mm-hmm. oh, if you like Mike, you'll also like this Kitamura guy. So like, yeah, he Go went on to those comparisons. Yeah. He went on to direct like a Godzilla movie and then uh, directed, you know, Midnight Me Train. And then I think he has like a new movie coming out uh, hmm. soon. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that'll be a fun one. Those are those are. Uh, well, that's actually I, I for some reason, I do think of like obviously more of a. Uh, um Jeepers Creepers more of a rural story, mm-hmm. whereas Midnight Me Train uh, definitely an urban, urban story. Um, so yeah, but uh, but I for whatever reason I kind of think of them a little bit in this in the same realm. I don't know why. Um, maybe just because it was you know within the same decade. But in any case, that'll be a fun showdown. So just to recap, if you want to watch these movies this week before we talk about him next week or if there's any of them you want to revisit uh bigfoot benjamin himself is going to be um defending jeepers creepers from 2001 uh the the before they were stars uh element there is obviously justin long i will be talking about uh halloween six the curse of michael myers from 95 with one mr paul rudd and then um Steve's going to be talking about Midnight Me Train from 2008 with Bradley Cooper. It's going to be a goddamn hunk fest over here. <laughs> it's just fucking hunks on top of hunks on hunks on hunks. It's hunks a damn old hunk sandwich out here. Uh, that'll be fun. So, all right, guys, let's get into uh, the topic for this week. Now that we got some of that stuff out of the way, we are going to be talking about uh, the newly released, currently in theaters, um, Renfield uh, from 2023, um, directed by Chris McKay. I had heard this name, but did not immediately recognize him. Um, and then I looked it up and I was like, yeah, there's nothing on here that I really would have watched. Um, he, <laughs> but you know, my kids have probably watched. I, I remember watching the original Lego movie, which mm-hmm. he, um, he, he apparently edited and then he directed the Lego Batman movie, which I did not watch in 2017. And apparently the tomorrow war just looks like a fucking made for red box movie, but with like a list celebrities. Um, I don't know. Didn't watch it. Uh, the only thing on here that I definitely have a, a tight frame of reference to is robot chicken. Cause I definitely mm. watched a whole bunch of robot chicken in college. Yeah. Um, so uh, you never watched Moral Oral, though. Oh, my God. Did he do Moral Oral? I did yeah. not realize that. Yeah, I didn't yeah, scroll yeah. down far enough. Moral Oral is fantastic for a couple of reasons. It's a super um, uh, a subversive claymation show based on like what's that old weird religious cart uh, uh, Davy and of, Goliath, uh, Davy and Goliath. But here's the reason that I it's a really fucking weird, bizarre show. And like the last episode of that series is bonkers yeah um so crazy subversive and bonkers yes okay so that actually makes me feel i love moral oral it was a fantastic show but also that they introduced that show introduced me to the uh dan emery mystery band oh really okay 
Yeah, which it, they do the uh, the uh, other uh, uh, other other people's tongue or other guys' tongue. Other guys' tongues have been in <laughs> your think mouth. It, yeah, I think it introduced me to the mountain goats. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, the mountain goats was also one of the uh, original like soundtracks yeah. in that great soundtracks um uh yeah just a super way ahead of its time show mm-hmm. um and uh r- r- really funny really uh fucking dark and um absolutely worth a watch so well that's that i'm glad you pointed that out because i didn't even realize that was the case yeah but yeah so these are the types of things he's known for right um so this is a bit of a departure at least from what I know, he r- directed a movie called Two Weeks, One Year back in 2002, which I know nothing about. Um, Titan Maximum was a show he directed. He sent a lot of TV, you know, TV series and like, um, yeah, uh, uh, a claymation stop motion animation is a big part of, of what he does as a director as well. So Renfield, um, I saw this last was it tuesday night in the in the theaters uh i was out in beautiful uh potts grove pennsylvania um i went out there i was one of i think there was like five or six people in the theater so it was pretty empty it was tuesday night obviously it was like 80 degrees the day before and then got chilly that day and mm-hmm. they just decided they weren't going to turn the heaters on in the fucking theater <laughs> and luckily i had like a long sleeve like a thermal and a sweatshirt over it and then just like sweatpants whatever it was like the 9 9 p.m show on a tuesday night and it was fucking freezing like, <laughs> and for me to be cold it's cold so much that i that i heard the four other people there were two other um like you know pairs of people in the theater and uh i heard multiple people go jesus christ it's cold (laughs) so it was a really weird experience um but uh yeah when did you see it i just saw it uh yesterday on friday i like you know freelancers hours so mm-hmm. I got up and I went at fucking like ten fifty in the morning. You saw that bright and early screening. Yeah. And then yeah. get out and go have lunch. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like doing that sometimes. I like doing that sometimes. But yeah, um, if I'm going to the movies by myself, for some reason I like to go to like the latest possible show because I like to walk out of the theater and everything is basically closed. Mm-hmm. And you just get that weird, creepy, empty lobby. Yeah, I get feel. you. I, I love that for whatever reason. Um so yeah, uh, you know a little, little bit about this. You know the the cast of this movie. It is definitely pretty heavily billed, um, starring one Mister Nicholas Cage, an absolute just another movie that that um, reiterates how much of a fucking treasure Nick Cage is. Um, but also another Nick, a Nicholas Holt, um, who, which I is one of those people that I absolutely. Um, recognize immediately mm-hmm. but like i had to think about what i knew him from yeah which was mad max fury road yeah uh but like i haven't watched probably the last 94 x-men movies i didn't watch <laughs> i did not watch warm bodies um i hadn't seen the menu I uh, mm. still haven't seen the menu. Uh, so like, you're missing out on that. I know, but, but everyone says I just haven't. I just haven't got around to it yet. Yeah. But he's in, you know, Deadpool. I've never saw a Deadpool movie. He's in a lot of these kind of like bigger plays, like small to to large ish roles in like, like I said, a lot of these like Marvel type movies and stuff like that. And I just 
they're just not really on my radar. I haven't mm-hmm. saw fucking anything. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know any any of the Marvel movies I, I I've seen uh, in the last decade. Um, so yeah, he's not really on my radar, but he's immediately recognizable because he's just so in the zeitgeist right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, like I have seen those X, the X Men movies he was in, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, obviously Mad Max. So like I've, yeah. I've kind of become a bit of a fan of his, and then like mm-hmm. in the menu, he's fucking great as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things. I got to see that. Yeah. So yeah, this this film is uh, you know he he does a pretty decent job in this film as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not yeah. Yeah, he's like he I I would say in this movie there's the cast is what carries this movie. Mm-hmm. It is a um flimsy as fuck script, I feel like <laughs> with a lot of just it is very self-aware, I'll put it that yep. way. It is dumb action It's a dumb action movie with some gory horror elements but the special effects i mean i guess some of the like action fighting is okay but like the the special effects as a whole are awful um they're really bad cgi for the most part there's a couple that are okay but like there is a what really builds up to be an almost climactic type of scene where um well i should mention who else is in it uh uh aquafina uh, who, you know, um, she plays Rebecca. What's the last name? Quincy, Quincy. officer Quincy. Um, she's obviously a comedian, uh, Ben Schwartz, fantastic improv comedian guy. He plays Teddy Lobo, kind of this, this, you know, kind of the fuck up, uh, uh, kid of like a powerful crime family. Yeah. Um, he, and the, I think yeah. he might be one of my favorite parts of this movie. Oh yeah, he's and, fucking hilarious. And also, uh, I just Ben Schwartz could read the fucking phone book. It yeah. would, I would be laughing. Also, I just want to point out on IMDb, his proper mm-hmm. credit is Tedward Lobo. <laughs> I just saw that it's Teddy is short for Tedward. Tedward. That's a hundred percent him. Like I yeah. feel like he's the one who injected that. He's hilarious. He, he he's um uh you know like I said, great great uh comedic actor, improviser, comedian, stuff like that. He. The thing I love about him is no matter how big or how small the role is, he fucking just goes headfirst into it. Mm-hmm. And and he's going to make it funny, but he's not going to he's he doesn't have he, he doesn't have an, a, a huge ego as a performer uh, because he's an improviser. So, like, you can't have a big ego as an improviser, I feel like, because you're just you, you have grown up eating shit right as an improviser so many times that you just like you have a yeah you just you just don't have an ego um and he and he doesn't he doesn't come in and like try to undercut the lines or anything like he goes full board also he's he's really funny so yeah i mean that's that's the primary cast there um the woman uh boy i'm do you know how to say her name who plays uh 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 Tedward's <laughs> Teddy Lobo's mom. Yeah, I mom. do not. I, she and she's an actress that I've seen You'll a lot. Know her. Yeah, yeah, and I think she uh, isn't she big on the Expanse. I don't know. I haven't watched it. But she like, is. Yeah. yeah, she has a very distinct, very deep, gravelly voice. Um, she is very like you would know her immediately. Um, I'm gonna try Shora uh, Ajashlu. 
boy, I might have butchered that, but she say, plays uh, Bella Francesca Lobo. Yeah. <laughs> Bella Francesca is such a funny name, too. Yeah. But anyway, that's uh, she's the, um, you know, the matriarch of the, the Lobo crime family. Anyway, so this is, um, I, I'm not going to go through, you know, plot boy by plot point one because the movie's in the theaters right now and I imagine some people are going to see it and don't necessarily it's not like it's a 20 year old movie that right. I want to spoil every <laughs> element of the plot but there'll be there'll be some spoilers here also saw it in the movie theater uh always forget kind of hard to take notes uh when you're sitting in the movie yeah. theater in the same way as when you're sitting on the couch but um you know uh, listen it's not uh it's not the most uh complex plot in the entire world here i mean the general you know um well, I, was gonna, I was gonna say it's funny that you just got done saying how you don't like watch marvel movies or anything mm-hmm. and like this is literally just a marvel movie <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) And, and, and that's why it's like, yeah, I have mixed feelings about this. The movie itself, I will say kind of sucked. Really? (laughs) I didn't love it. I no, put me wrong. I liked it. I did enjoy it. I didn't walk away going, ah, fuck or anything like that. I was like, oh, that was fun. Yeah. But it's not good. Oh no, no, no. I don't think it's like amazing, you know, piece. And it's almost bad <laughs> like yeah. it's borderline bad but i liked all the people in it which made me like it yeah there's like yeah it's bad and it's goofy but like i don't know i just thought it was fun like it's a fun distraction movie it's not uh yes yep uh you can take however you want to feel about like the character of dracula and everything mm-hmm. and like what you think that does to the lore but yeah, yeah. it's just like it's literally once you once you just subscribe and let it wash over you as another silly mm-hmm. superhero movie, then mm-hmm. you're fine. It's just a silly superhero movie with extra violence. I know. I just I thought it was going to be a little bit more horror tinged. Mm-hmm. I did not expect I purposely went in, you know, very blind. I did not expect that it was basically going to be like an action movie. Right. Um, it went in an entirely different direction than I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be a little bit weirder. And like let Nick Cage do weird shit a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, he, when he's on screen, he fucking steals the oh, yeah, show yeah. as he always as he always does. Um, I with the cast that was in it though, I thought it was going to be a little bit more. I want to say polished. I just thought there was going to be like, I don't know, a little bit better script and like a little <laughs> bit more surprises. It's extraordinarily predictable. You you know what's going to happen. You know what all the characters are going to do. Like within, I feel like the first 15 minutes, there's no, there's no curveballs. Yeah. See in, in my mind at all. Yeah. No, there's no curve curve balls at all or anything like that. It's pretty straight up and down the middle. I actually got this. Uh, I actually got the director confused mm. with uh, Adam McKay. Oh, the guy from like with all the from all the Will Ferrell movies and shit. Yeah. So I, yeah. so I was actually pretty solidly expecting just like dumb, stupid comedy out mm. the box. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, no, that would make sense. And, and, and no, I definitely expected a comedic element because of just like some of the promo material and stuff that I saw, mm-hmm. but I definitely thought it was going to be a little bit lighter on the, like, 
I don't know. It's just I didn't expect it to be an action fighting movie. (laughs) You know, I thought it was going to be a little bit more. You know, some of the stills that I saw was, you know, early on in the movie, you kind of get this backstory, which is which is, you know, again, you got to suspend your disbelief. They're not trying to, you know, seal up any of the holes here. They show at the beginning basically how, you know, Renfield met Dracula, which are essentially the events of the 1932, right? Dracula. Yeah, 3132. Uh, 3132 with with Bela Lugosi, like and, and Claude Claude Rains. Is that who plays Renfield in the original one? No. Yeah. I mean, I isn't know. it? Yeah, it was Claude Rains, right? Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's Claude Rains. I was yeah. Anyway, I was I was just listening to a podcast about um the Wolfman and Claude Rains is in that, but he plays John Talbot and whatever. In any case, um so uh you get the backstory and the backstory. Oh no, is no, no, no. It's Dwight Fry. Dwight Fry. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I, I said that wasn't sitting right with me. But in any case, Dwight Fry, um, you know, is fantastic in that one. Mm-hmm. And he plays that character literally so much so that they replicate a lot of the scenes and the lines shown in black and white with, um, you know, Nicholas Holt as Renfield and Nicholas Cage as Dracula. And they recreate the, you know, I never drink wine, you know, all that stuff, yeah. which seeing Nick Cage do that is just tickled me. I loved it. Um, I would watch a shot for shot remake of the original movie just with with them, just like that in the first movie. And that mm-hmm. was that was like so I'm all excited about that. And then um, and those are some of the stills and things that I saw. So I really expected it to be like this modernized Dracula take, but more from the perspective of Renfield. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first movie is kind of from the perspective of Renfield for a portion of it, but but then it just goes, yeah, bonkers, like hand to hand combat, almost <laughs> superhero kung fu Deadpool type of thing. Yeah. Um, without without uh not without guns, there are guns, but like Renfield doesn't. So I did not if you would have told me that Renfield was going to basically be a superhero, you know, karate guy. I would have been like, what? That is not <laughs> what I'm expecting. And that's really the bulk of the movie. Yeah. Um, Renfield eats bugs, which this is a take on the you know, established lore where Dracula gets, of course, his like power from, you know, uh, consuming, you know, the, the, the life essence, if you will, in the form of their blood of, you know, uh, of, of people. And because Renfield has been turned into a familiar by drinking, you know, Dracula's blood, he has a little bit of those powers, but he gets, uh, his, you know, small, you know, relatively small amount of power from eating bugs. I mean, and again, that's something that's established, you know, broadly in the original movie with the bug eating. And then, of course, uh, you know, a lot of people remember, you know, Tom Waits doing that in uh, um, a Bram Stoker's Dracula with with Keanu Reeves and all that. But in this instance, it basically turns him into like a like I said, a pseudo superhero. Yeah, it gives him Captain America powers. Yeah, that's a good yeah. way of putting it. Yeah. And it's just like so so Renfield's constantly fighting people and like doing karate and kicking somebody so all the blood and shit explodes out of their body. Like literally that is a thing that happens in this movie. Um and it's just not what I was expecting. Right, no. <laughs> at all. I, I think most people weren't expecting it. For some yeah. reason I was just because I thought the director was Adam McKay and mm-hmm. then I I did see somebody posted a clip of the hotel fight scene. Okay. Online. And then after I saw like, I saw like a little bit of it and I just saw like Mm. some of the gore that happens in that. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to turn this off, but I should, this is what I should expect. I should expect like goofiness. 
And I might have liked it more if that was the case. But like I like I said, I, I was so tickled by Nicolas Cage as mm-hmm. it, because in, in typical Nick Cage fashion, he chews the fucking scenery, spits it out, yeah. eats it again, chews it again. He's fantastic, over the top, exactly what you want with Nick Cage as Dracula. Absolutely. The, and oh, go ahead. I was going to say, like, the, my two favorite scenes of him are like mm-hmm. when kind of like when we get first introduced to him in the modern era and he's yeah. all fucking burned up and like walking with a cane and like gross and right. shit. That, His like face is hanging yeah. off and shit. Yeah, that yeah. just rules so hard because he's so <laughs> disgusting. But like you can still kind of tell it's Nick Cage under there. And then like he sets the tone pretty early that like he's a piece of shit. Like he's a total fucking asshole as as Dracula would be in, you know, if Dracula was a real character, you know, so I love that he is this like manipulative, you know, uh, almost sadomasochist, um, super narcissistic Mm -hmm. piece of shit. And it's really played like a relationship drama kind of right. between him and Renfield. And he is the narcissist um, and and Renfield is the um, is, is the like codependent, you know, victim in this situation. So much so that they actually weave in a big part of the story is Renfield going into this basically self-help group, almost like a, almost feels like it would be a, an AA or, or, or NA group or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, but it's a self-help group around, um, you know, dealing with, with the power dynamics in these like codependent relationships with like narcissistic partners and things like that. He is initially going there to scout food for Dracula, but then, you know, starts to develop a relationship with the people in there. And, 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 you know, you can kind of see where it goes from there. Again, this movie is like, it's hyper predictable. I do like that the one, maybe the one thing that wasn't, and again, spoiler alerts here, but eventually, you know, it starts, I, I should take a step back. It starts out with Dracula being, um, severely fucked up by van helsing and you know basically the church was it van helsing or was it just like another because they say they're the last of the vampire hunters and it's just like a weird it's it's like a weird D &D party that shows up because they have the cleric they have like the hunter literally (laughs) with the pope appointed pope hat and everything yeah i don't i don't know i I assumed it it was a van helsing type character i don't know if they actually say van helsing um but they show him up and and fuck him up and and, uh, you know, and, and just like always, um, you know, Renfield is left there um, to, to pick up the pieces. So obviously in an emotional situation, you know, this is this is a, an analogy taken quite literally where like he's burned beyond recognition and is basically a skeleton and takes years to replenish himself and build his strength back up. And and Renfield is ultimately responsible for like hiding him away and, you know, whatever. So they at one point they go to you know, New Orleans and they're, they're hiding, you know, he's used to having a big castle and all this stuff, you know, going back to whatever the late, you know, at some point in the, in the late 19th century, I guess. Um, and then ultimately, uh, they end up in this like abandoned hospital where they're like setting up shop. So, so Nick Cage or so Dracula can, can build back up his, his strength and all this stuff. But um, ultimately the thing that, that, you know, I'll jump ahead a little bit cause we're, we're, 
you know, we're jumping around, but the, the, the part that I was like, Oh, I'm glad that they did this was when Dracula did show up. This was kind of a climactic scene where Dracula shows up at the self-help group. That's in like a dingy, you know, YMCA gym kind of thing, folding chairs. It's 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 like at a church. Oh, it is at a church. You're right. Um, but he comes in and, uh, you know, he learns that, you know, Renfield has betrayed him, whatever. And then he just slaughters all the people there. Yeah. And he died. Like, you think he's gonna, but then you think maybe Renfield's going to save him. No, he literally just murders everybody. And then at the end, he brings them all back with Dracula's blood, apparently. And they are all just like, it almost is like beer fest when landfill dies and they just bring the other yeah. landfill back. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, they just brought them all back to life and they're all just like, yeah, I guess we're alive now again. That's weird. I, you know, we saw the other side. Like, what is the guy saying? Oh, he's just some line. He's just going on about like, oh, we saw the other side, and you know, that's something we can't unsee. And then, <laughs> yeah, but he's still very like chit, like chipper about right, it. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it's a funny scene. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, there's a whitest kid you know sketch uh, mm-hmm. called the nail gun. And they <laughs> oh, yeah, they, kill, they kill their brother with the nail gun, but then bring him back from the other side and he won't stop screaming about all the things he saw. <laughs> yes. Oh, that show is fucking so underappreciated. Yeah. Um, I used to watch that show like after class in college all the time. Um, but yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, so so they do go a little bit bonkers, you know, with stuff now and again. But eventually, you know, what happens is Dracula, you know, has these aspirations to, um, you know, take over the world. And he's just like, you know, fuck it. This whole, hey, you know, I'm I'm this immortal, you know, godlike being. And, um, you know, I'm just basically going around setting up shop, then getting fucked up, then getting nursed back to health and then do it. It's just like this never ending cycle. So he decides he's going to, you know, he just wants to bring an end to mankind, which is a pretty broad story for Dracula. You know, right. that's not really uh, that's that's a, a, an enormous jump. You know, he went from, you know, this guy who lives, you know, up in the Carpathian Mountains and just like uh, uh, has to stow away on a ship to to the new world to I uh, to fucking Thanos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then pretty- it, like it's at this point it go it turns into a full Marvel movie because he says he's going to do world domination and then has a world domination plan map. Like, <laughs> and it's- that includes this like yeah crime family apparently yeah. that's gonna help him take over the world and, it, and, and the map is like drawn like a spider web <laughs> like <laughs> he just he took the time to draw it as a spider web <laughs> this movie's full of like goofy little details that mm-hmm. feel sometimes they feel out of place but uh, it also just kind of reminds you that like don't take this movie seriously at all no. uh one of them is like in the police station there's there's a sign or there's just lettering written on the back wall that says don't solve a crime until overtime. <laughs> like you're not, that's, you're not allowed that's to do funny. that. Like that's like police stations have been getting in trouble for nah. doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's the, um, that's the one thing that they kind of, um, they they really hammer home to a cartoonish level is that and we'll talk about uh, Aquafina who plays the uh, officer Quincy she's like a second generation cop her dad was like this 
um, really uh, a noble police officer or whatever in the same precinct or in the same city or whatever. And he is actually killed by the Lobos, mm-hmm. the Lobo family. And then his her sister is an FBI agent in the same city. So they're in the, this, this, you know, um, law enforcement family. Um, and uh, yeah, the entire precinct with with zero exceptions, really, yeah. are all unapologetically crooked cops. They're all on the take and like, yeah. they, they just joke about it. Like they're not, you know, they're pretty happy about yeah. it. Well, but then she also calls them out constantly yeah. and they're just like, whoa, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, he's getting, you know, Teddy Lobo is getting constantly arrested and getting away with those crimes. And like there are crimes you can't. And then confessing yeah. to everything. But then they. <laughs> yeah. One of, one of my other favorite just small details is on uh, Teddy Lobo's car is like so like mm-hmm. all of the Lobo's cars have like wolf badges and shit like that just to let you know like it's like a GTA game like you know they're part of the Lobo's and it's like so douchey the way they yeah. drew yes it does feel like a GTA it feels yeah. like a video game yeah. actually but You're then right. on Teddy's I think it's a Dodge Challenger a new one mm-hmm. uh, that he has the he has the wolf badge but it's doing mm-hmm. a line of cocaine that goes down the side of the car. <laughs> I didn't. I noticed the wolf badge uh, and then they drive his car later. Right. But I didn't notice the line of cocaine. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't notice it until later when they pull it up in daylight. But yeah, yeah. it's a wolf doing a line of cocaine down the side of the car. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. He's just like this over the top caricature of like a yeah, like a rich digit. Like it's a it's a it's a trope in like, a, uh, you know, in, in, John Wick. in action movies. Yeah. Really. I mean, John Wick. Yeah, John it's Wick. the basis of Absolutely. John Wick. John Wick kills the kills the shithead son of the Russian mob mm-hmm. boss. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, and he's he, that's that's exactly where, where they're at here is, you know, he's kind of the main villain, but ultimately like his mother is. But then also there's like a very I don't want to say supernatural, but everything it feels like this whole thing is happening in Gotham or something mm-hmm. like that, because they have these hitmen, you know, they're that are like hired by the Lobo family. And at first, you know, when you first start to realize that, you know, uh, uh the first scene you kind of really see Renfield is like this John Wick type kind of is when they have this guy and I don't even remember his name, but he looks like um, he looks like a Batman villain. Oh, yeah. Basically, who is the hitman that's supposed to come in and, and kill these like small time crooks. So what basically happens is, um, you know, Renfield is at the, the the meeting and there is a woman there that he is, you know, developing some feelings for or, or, or at least empathy for who is talking about her piece of shit boyfriend um and he basically um tracks down where the boyfriend is and he's gonna go get find the boyfriend and he's trying to be a good guy even though dracula is like no i don't abide by the morality rules of society i'm a fucking god i determine what's right and wrong renfield wants to be a human and wants to live you know in the human world and be a good person so he thinks at least even though he is compelled you know uh, I guess um, telepathically as well as like biologically, you know, with the blood to, to, um, you know, to serve Dracula, he is kind of like, well, at least I can go, you know, at least feed him bad people that, that, that will help solve these people's problems in his mind. But, 
eventually, you know, Dracula basically says, like, you know, he doesn't want to eat these bad people because they they provide him less sustenance than a than you know he he specifically requests like like nuns or a a, a bus full of cheerleaders yeah. like he specifically <laughs> requests these things yeah it's because like the yeah the the guys renfield's trying to feed him are all coked up and shit yeah uh, they're all like psycho pieces yeah. of shit yeah yeah and so like that batman villain is the hitman sent to kill those guys and that batman right. villain i believe his name was like apache joe or some shit because <laughs> the, the joke is bench and this had this had to be ben schwartz <laughs> Improvising. Oh, this is 100% Ben Schwartz improvising or writing this part, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, Apache Joe, like, Ben Schwartz brings Apache Joe to kill these guys, and he's on yeah. the phone with somebody else. I, One of his lackeys or yeah, whatever. Or his, or his mom, mom, somebody, something. yeah. yeah. And he's just on the phone, and he's just like, well, his name's Apache Joe. I'm not gonna, I know it's racist, but I'm not gonna tell him to change it, because he cuts people's tongues out. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's the guy who cuts people's tongues out. You think I'm going to tell him that his name's pretty racist? Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> like, you think that has an effect on him? He wears, yeah. like, he wears an executioner's hood to go kill coke dealers. Like, <laughs> yeah. so it's uh, it, like I said, it's it, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good gags, um, but uh, it, you know, the, what I found about the movie that I that I like was when. Really, the, the three things I like about the movie the most are Nick Cage, mm-hmm. Ben Schwartz, mm-hmm. and, and Aquafina. Those are the three sure, things yeah. that I like. And without them, this movie would be dog shit. <laughs> yeah. This movie would be pretty bad if it weren't for the cast. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think everybody does a pretty good job. The only thing I don't like about Nicholas Holt mm-hmm. is that he doesn't do the laugh. No, I didn't. I actually was just about to say that's why I didn't include him in there. I think he could have done so much more with this role. He was too. Maybe it was the way the character was written. Maybe it's the way he acted it. But it was really all about look at me. I'm kind of cute and creepy. Right. Like I felt like I've never seen warm bodies. I know it's like a zombie romance. It's a, it's a zom, uh, what do they call it? Zomcom. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I know that is what that movie is. And I'm imagining he plays a very similar character in that. Yeah. But instead of having a cute little British accent and being a little like weird um, uh, John Wick twink, <laughs> he is probably just like a, a, a dumb, cute zombie. So like he's a very like handsome dude, you know, kind of boyish, good looks. And it's just like that is he, he plays this like a meek character that is being bullied by Dracula. And then when he has to you know, drinks the, the, the Hulk juice and just starts raging on right. people. Yeah. I, I, I just would have liked it more if he did have like this really weird social interaction with like, Aquafina. Yeah, I wanted him to be unhinged, yeah, but instead he's just like cute. He's like cutesy. Yeah. Like he does, he does yeah. the laugh a little bit in once, but it doesn't, yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't hit the same way. Yeah. I was watching, uh, I actually watched Dracula dead and loving it earlier this week. Oh, dude, that's such a stupid and awesome yeah, movie. I but love it. Peter McNichol yeah. hits everything that Dwight Fry did with yeah. like the crazed face manner- mannerisms, the wide eyes, yeah, the wide yeah. eyes, and he does the laugh perfectly. Of like, mm-hmm. he's like creeping in. I think it's Lucy's bedroom, and he peers mm-hmm. under her cover, and he's like, <laughs> 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 you know? it's just, yeah. like he hits it. So, yeah, I just wish there was a little bit more of that of like 
you know, Nicholas Holt having like a real trouble connecting with, you know, real people. Mm-hmm. But they kind of play it yeah. off, you know, like if he no. if he laughed weird and then Aquafina was like, that's a weird laugh you got there, bud. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he, instead, he's just like, oh, he kind of dresses old timey. Right. Like, that's pretty much mm-hmm. it. And he has a British accent. Like, uh, it's just I, I would have liked to have hit be a more dynamic kind of unhinged character instead of like trying to play it kind of as as cute um, and heartthrobby even. Um, because I, the one thing I really loved about the, the love story was, again, it was not him. It was Aquafina because she plays a very non-traditional love interest mm-hmm. not only is she a, is a cop uh, but she doesn't play anything they never have that point where she takes her glasses off and she's gorgeous you know right. she never has that 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 kind of like uh oh the whole time she was just a real pretty uh feminine girl that uh just wanted to be a princess like they never do no. that she's very rough around the edges like very direct very like um uh, like very low emotion um and she is never trying to look attractive. Um, she is like hunched over her posture and she's always very funny and silly. And and like I said, she never takes that dive into, well, now I've got to be stereotypical, you know, pretty girl underneath the whole time. You know right. What I mean? Yeah. She, she's not trying to be attractive to him. And I like I like that about the character. Right. And, oh, and not just be attractive to him, but like she, it, it's never played as like she's trying to be attractive, though, like in a Hollywood standard. She, she she's, right, and that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah. yeah, she's she is just her, and like, but yeah. like, you still like you still like her though, you mm-hmm. know, as an audience member because like she's very endearing. Yeah, it's just and she's and she's an attractive person, but she's almost like she's going out of way to make herself the antithesis of that classic Hollywood physical attractiveness. Right. And the other and just you know something that goes hand in hand with that is like she also mm-hmm. never falls into the damsel role. No. So like, nope. you know, she's like, yeah, she goes into trouble. Okay, she's in trouble, but then she'll also try to get herself out. It's never like yeah. she needs Renfield. It's much more like she has a gun and he has superpowers and they they work together that way. Yeah. She gets into like precarious situations and then he gets her out and and vice versa a little bit, but like, you know, her number one priority is never really him either. Mm-hmm. It's like her family kind right. of thing. Um until maybe a little bit to the end and it just like I don't know, she just felt like a much more dynamic character than than even the script called for. Yeah. Like I don't know if that was her or if that was directing or whatever, but like she was a more dynamic character than than felt like it belonged in the movie mm-hmm. and he was not yeah i i think they spent too much and i don't know if it was the directing or the script or what but it, it definitely felt more like they were really trying to make him endearing and sympathetic I by know. like by shaving off all his weird edges yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Everything felt very smoothed out because he on if you even explain the character on the surface, he's a fucking monster. Right. You know what I mean? Renfield is a fucking monster. Yes, he's also a victim of Dracula. Sure. But I feel like maybe I I don't know if they cut things out or what or they were worried about it and, and it bled into the the directing style. But it, it did feel like, yeah, they were trying to 
make it feel like he wasn't responsible for doing all the awful things he was doing. But he then even when they do that scene where she gets shot or injured or whatever, mm-hmm. and then he takes her back to his apartment, he she's even like, no, you're a murderer. And he's just like, eh. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Let's move past that. You know. <laughs> yeah, let's let's breeze past. Don't think about that too much. Yeah, because she points yeah. out, she's like, you're not a good guy or a bad guy. You're just yeah. like, you're just a murderer. You're just, you know, you don't fucking like, you, you, not that he doesn't have a conscience, but it's just like, you know, what do you really serve to this world of like being, yeah. you know, <laughs> being a. You're just like an ineffectual pawn kind right, of thing. Yeah. What do you serve to um, the world by, you know, just being a slave that kills, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, getting back to, to the high point of the movie, which is which is Nick Cage. He um, the, the teeth that they used in this were basically the, it is the style of of vampire teeth that you would see in um, uh, uh Oh my god! Thirty days what, a night. What is the one? Thirty days a night. I was gonna say twenty-eight days later. Thirty-eight, thirty days of night. It's that style of like jagged, sh- long, sharp teeth. That it looks great, but you could tell the mouthpiece or whatever the prosthetics he was using didn't fit his mouth really well. Mm-hmm. Like they wanted to fall out, but he was doing the best he could with it. Yeah, his top lip is always was, drawn back. <laughs> it's always yeah. He always looks like that dumb thing, like when a dog's lip gets pulled back. <laughs> That's kind of what it looks like, but it doesn't, it detracted a little bit, but it could have been way worse. Um, but he just, he puts so much physicality. He, and also you should, we, I should spe- specify he's doing a pseudo version of the voice from vampires. Kiss. Oh, for sure. It definitely <laughs> like, there are times when he goes over the top that yeah. is just like, oh, he, that's that's Vampire's Kiss right there. <laughs> and yeah, I think, which is... Uh, yeah. I was going to say, it's it's in my second favorite scene of him is when mm-hmm. uh, Nicholas Holt comes home and he's sitting at the table with the blood martini <laughs> with the eyeballs in <laughs> it's it. It's got like eyeballs yeah. in it. It's so good. And, that's the fucking... It's yeah, so great. But like, yeah, there, there are a lot of times in that exchange like that he goes real high and he's like, mm-hmm. you were trying to kill me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going so so over the top about it. Uh, that's such a, that th- those are all the best scenes in the movies. Are just Nick Cage doing these monologues yeah. as Dracula, just being so over the top. And, but the thing is that I love is the consistency because he was kind of talking in the same way when he was fucking in in shambles still Mm -hmm. like physically still recovering but he just didn't have quite enough energy now he's full energy feeling himself and he's just laying it all out there and just being this like over the top uh you know like chewing the scenery character and again he's just got this martini blood martini with eyeballs floating and he's just (laughs) stirring them around and just like chewing the scenery it's so much fun yeah yeah definitely he's the greatest part and then you know like you're already mentioning just that progression from you know fucking busted up gross skin monster to mm-hmm. like where he ends you know the where he ends the film is you know it's mm-hmm. fantastic but he's a great fucking vampire nick cage is a just plays an amazing vampire yeah. um but uh just one more thing i just kind of wanted to bring up is like mm-hmm. this movie moves really fast it does. It's tight. Yeah. It goes by fast. It does it doesn't drag an inch. Yeah. I think it might go a little too fast at some 
points. Like some things got <laughs> skipped over, but like yeah, a lot a lot felt like it got cut yeah. out. But yeah, you definitely are never like looking at your watch. Oh yeah, it's no, like, yeah, that never happens. There is one yeah. point though that just like it stuck out to me because I didn't. I feel like <laughs> I missed something. It had to be mm-hmm. because there wasn't enough in there. But it's during that hotel fight scene. And mm. you have Bella Francesca and the police chief and they're watching on the monitors and they're watching mm-hmm. with two other people. And like, I know one mm-hmm. of them's the IT guy and then there's just a woman there and I don't know what her role is. But at one point, Renfield like rips off the arms and rips off the face of somebody and they cut back mm-hmm. to that room and everybody's upset except for this one woman who's never been introduced and she's full on clapping. Like... <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, that got left in there and it didn't need to. Yeah. Like, you could tell there might be a little bit more. Like, she probably had a setup scene for that clapping gag that got cut out. Yeah, but she it's, yeah. it's such a weird thing that just stood out to me. I was like, why is she so happy? Who is this woman? <laughs> yeah. She's just really into yeah. the violence. <laughs> she just thought it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. they uh, um the the one other thing I really liked about this movie overall, I should say, is like even with the like the way it's shot, it's shot like an action movie, mm-hmm. right? We said well yeah. that um, it is the it's really lit well. Yeah, like the that's this is there's kind of a weird juxtaposition because the production value and the cast are fantastic, but the script sucks <laughs> it's like why 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 did you do that you had this star-studded cast and and everyone is good even you know i feel like i'm I'm giving like nicholas holt like a little bit of shit and it's mostly just because i think his character is a little bit one-dimensional mm-hmm. but but he's the star of the show and they want him to be likable and you know the protagonist in this more like classic kind of um you know action movie but like he's he's good overall um but the cast overall is fucking great it's shot super well it's edited crazy tight maybe a little bit too too much so like you said but then they didn't spend any money on any practical effects really yeah um and the script is fucking just unapologetically bad so I'm I'm just kind of looking at like the writers to see kind of where mm. this might stem from, and mm. so uh, apparently it's based on the original idea by Robert Kirkman, who okay. he's been he's been Walking Dead Robert yeah, Kirkman yeah yeah uh, Walking Dead and then also he's uh, written a another show called Invincible like he wrote he wrote the comic book but also like he's mm-hmm. writing he wrote the show and mm. then. It, the screenplay was more fleshed out by uh, Ryan Ridley, who has been uh, most prominent, prominently known for Rick and Morty. But like, it seems like mm. he's been working with Dan Harmon for a long time because he also okay. wrote a bunch of community episodes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, I guess it's just kind of like, I mean, it all makes sense why this would feel, you know, quite cartoonish. Yeah, yeah I think I yeah. think that's what it comes down to is just like the it's just two writers being very connected to doing cartoony comic booky things, mm-hmm. you know, which is, you know, again, if it's coming, if the idea was originally by Robert Kirkman, then he probably had some, you know, bastardized idea of doing a comic book of this, you know, mm-hmm. and like invincible is very much the same way of like, it, what if Superman was super violent? Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I would have maybe liked it to maybe go maybe less invincible, more the boys, you mm-hmm. know, and a little bit grittier <laughs> or whatever. Like I wanted to have, you know, some, some, I love the humor in it. I mean, like I yeah. said, you know, the, the, the humor is one of the best parts. Like the, you know, there's, there's multiple exceptional comedic actors in this. Um, it just, it felt like maybe I watch it again and we'll love it. I don't know, but it just felt like a little bit was left on the table here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, oh, I just saw a, a picture here of the of the the <laughs> the wolf doing the line of coke on the side of the car. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, you know, maybe I'm being a little too harsh because it is a really fun movie. It just uh, it just went in a different d- direction than I expected. Mm-hmm. But it is absolutely fun. The one big, honestly, the scene that probably took it down. Like if I put this movie at a, you know, it's a seven. You know, it's really fun, solid uh, movie. Maybe it's six and a half or a seven in my mind. The thing that took it from a seven and a half, eight down to a six and a half, seven for me was that fucking um, uh, scene, fight scene in the apartment complex. Really? Yeah, it just was so fucking dumb and bad and not, it could have been so cool, but instead they tried to give it a little bit of like a, an action movie shootout feel to right. it. But then with Renfield being the like, yeah, the Neo or the, or, or the John wick character and he's ripping people's arms off. He's doing this thing that horror fans love that I love where you do over the top insane stuff that you're like, you guys are dumb for doing this and <laughs> I love it, but it's not executed. Well, really? Like the blood looked so dumb. The blood looked like big balloons of like big chunky. It's like if the whole thing was happening in an aquarium and the blood was in giant balloons filled with water or something. You know what I I mean? I feel like I kind of actually like the blood stylistically because of that, because I don't know, especially you go right back to the episode we watched Murderbot. And it's mm-hmm. so obvious, like the 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 CGI blood in that is just like some stock effect that everybody used. It, yeah, it was just like that s- same spray you yeah, always see. It, it really feels like they tried to make like a stylistic choice of like let's make the blood in this look like fucking gallons of paint being thrown around. It looked like Mortal Kombat yeah. blood. Yeah, like the original Sega or or or, uh, or or arcade version of Mortal Kombat where you punch somebody and it's like a giant um, sheet of blood yeah. almost pop, pops out of them. And it's like, that's not how liquid acts. <laughs> no, it looked it looked more like it was like some sort of giant, like like I said, amalgamation of like um, like weird putty or something mm-hmm. coming out yeah. of them it just didn't even look even remotely it, like, like if mud was red yeah but like but like almost a diluted clay yeah. or something yeah. like it was so thick and chunky and like kept in this this you know kind of amalgamous form it was just it looked really bad and then yeah they did some fun stuff with like hey he's gonna like grab somebody's rip somebody's arms off and then throw the arm and stick it through somebody's chest like you write that on paper i'm like oh sick yeah right. do it <laughs> but then it was just executed bad i yeah, thought i don't know i i kind of <sighs> i kind of liked it i like the face rip um the face rip was fun yeah. it just it felt like it was not executed with 
love. <laughs> like that sounds so stupid, but like they just it was quick and dirty. Mm. You know, from a CGI perspective, there was one part. Uh, I don't know. Did you did you stay through all the credits? No, no, it was like 11 o'clock. I had to get up early next day. Like, yeah, it was a late show. I I bailed when okay, the credits came. Fair on. enough. So there there was something in the credits that I I'm kind of upset that got left out. It was part of that hotel scene is mm-hmm. it looks like they they had a practical degloving effect. OK, and they had Renfield rip this. You know, degloving is when you rip the skin off a hand for for the sure. audience at home. <laughs> yeah, but it looks like he degloved a cop. And then threw the hand skin right back in his face, and it, and it like it's a latex pro, latex prosthetic, yeah. and hits him in the face. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, why? They took why'd the, you leave that on the cutting room floor for the credits? Uh, that's you know, that's fucking great. <laughs> that's the exact type of thing that I think would have been a little bit more endearing for me. Um, they like said, I, I think honestly, a lot of my issues with the movie, which again, again, totally fun. You know, I, I, I might I'm, you know, I may watch it again. I may not. But the thing that I did really like about it is it didn't take itself too seriously. It was just it was just wacky fun. But I wanted it to be a little bit more not even gritty. Like, I don't know. I just wanted it to like, take a little bit more pride in what it was mm-hmm. doing. And maybe that is unreasonable expectation. I mean, you look at the cast, like it is, like I said, it's got big name people in it. You know, it's, it's a, it's like kind of a spring release. You know what right. I mean? I don't know. I guess that's not what they want. That's not the target audience. The target audience, like maybe I, <laughs> the target audience for this movie is not necessarily the target audience for like malignant. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's maybe like kind of not that I wanted it to be that it's a very different tone. This was much more fun, but, uh, I not more fun, funny. I guess I just wanted it to not be a, I don't know, a, a superhero. Yeah, movie. You just didn't want a superhero. <laughs> movie. Cause I mean, again, you, you, yeah. you mentioned that like all the lighting in this is really great. I think, I yeah. think, you know, probably my favorite set piece is the hospital set piece where like everything mm-hmm. is green oh. except for that big red light that lights up all the blood bags. That's, that's yeah. great production design. A great fucking. I mean, that that whole set piece is so yeah. cool, even. And then like the scene when the Lobos walk in and it's 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 Ben Schwartz and he's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, he <laughs> and he's saying what you would be thinking as the right. audience if you walked into that is great. Right. Um, and there was actually a really great one after like he beats the shit out of Ben Schwartz, whatever. And he like wakes up and he's basically Dracula is, you know, um, about to propose his like partnership plan to him. And he goes, are you going to fuck me yeah. up? <laughs> he's, just, <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's still scared of like, he's not sure what's about to happen. He's like, cool, man. Great. Um, are you going to fuck me up or <laughs> are we friends? Or are you going to fuck me up? Well, I don't, I don't, <laughs> are we good? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, so yeah, uh, totally fun. I, I would absolutely go, you know, I urge anybody to go watch this mm-hmm. movie. Just, you know, I think it's one of those things where maybe my expectations were a yeah. little twisted and then that's maybe why I didn't watch out, walk out just loving it, but it was yeah. really fun. And I, uh, I mean, yeah. I'm kind of with you because I wish at the very end, you know, at the final showdown, they, they mm-hmm. try to get a little more horror elementy with it, but they still, yeah. I don't know though. They, they still just don't execute it completely well, but I wish mm-hmm. there was just like, when it was time to get down to business, let's make it a full horror movie, you know, yeah. like make it scary. But it, yeah, it just, it never approaches that. 
it felt like that little that like Dragon Ball Z ish type of like trope where like a person is always it's just constantly being surprised by how powerful somebody right, is. Yeah. That, like that's the whole all of Dragon <laughs> yeah. Ball is like this guy's really powerful. No, this guy's really powerful. <laughs> Wait, the first guy's even more powerful than we thought. The first guy like, got madder. <laughs> <laughs> He screamed louder. <laughs> and that's kind of what this is, but just with eating bugs. Yeah. Like why, you know, why does he have this, this little tiny, why doesn't he just like walk around with, with just bags of like giant Texas fucking, you know, grasshoppers right. and just munch them and rip people's arms off all day, every right. day. Like why, why are you just like the, the one thing between him achieving everything he wants and killing whoever he needs to and saving whoever he wants to is just eating more bigger bugs. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just, that's a great example of what I mean is like the script is unapologetically dog mm-hmm. shit, but it, again, it's not, it's not about that. I get it, but, yeah. um, and, yeah. and that's what makes it a Marvel movie because Marvel movies yeah. are full of fucking logic holes like that that yeah. just don't make any sense. Yeah. You're not supposed to think about that. You're supposed to get to A to B and go, yay, I had a good time. Yeah, that was fun. He punched him. He, he punched him. him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I think if I walked in expecting that, I would have liked it more. And I just, you know, like I said, I had a, a completely different um, set of uh, of, of uh, thoughts about what it was going to be. Yeah. But also, in yeah, any case. Uh, just final shout out to Teddy Lobo yeah. snorting the centipede. That's so <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> that was a great example of when I was like, <laughs> like, I was just like, I get it. You're mean now. You're a powerful, mean guy now. And I did, you know, and, and that uh, again, kudos to Ben Schwartz for not short sticking any dumb thing he had to say mm-hmm. or do he played it a hundred percent honest but like when there's a giant centipede and he snorts yeah. it because like now he's the new renfield and he can eat the bugs and that's gonna make him the powerful renfield you know i get it but it's just it's the cgi is so fucking yeah the dumb. cgi was bad i don't uh, care about that i just like the image of him <laughs> snorting the centipede him snorting a giant centipede and then just like i think the um, line he delivers with that is like Things seem a little too familiar. <laughs> yeah, it's a totally dumb, over the top, intentional line. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, like I said, definitely, definitely uh, go see it. I, I think the thing I love the most about this movie is that it was made. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't mean that in a bad way. I really think it's fun that this movie got made and it got a. Um, we live in a time where the this movie can be made and it's not surprising and you I can go see it at theater on a Tuesday night at a freaking AMC. Right. You know, yeah. you don't have to you don't have uh, to go searching weird back alleys or, you know, getting DVDs and fucking shit like that. Yeah, I don't I don't have to give three guys an HJ and 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 wait, at, you know, <laughs> in a dark alley uh, to get, uh, you know, a, a Betamax of this like I literally just went to the AMC there were like three showings that night right. you know I thought that was I thought that's that's cool yeah. but um, yeah so one last thing I wanted to ask you about uh, mm-hmm. obviously if you saw this movie then you probably saw the trailer for the the last voyage of the Demeter yes how are you feeling about that right now uh, I still am feeling fairly optimistic about the uh-huh. movie I did not love the trailer right they made the trailer look more action mm-hmm. and more like uh like a dire 
type. It, it, it looked like it was less monster movie, more the perfect storm, yeah. you know, or something like yeah. that. It just, they tried to make it seem like this, like more dire, um, uh, uh, overly stylized, um, like period piece. Yeah. And they also like tried to create this like almost heroic action movie feel to it where people were like dropping one liners and mm-hmm. shit. And I was like, Ooh, I really <laughs> hope this was just going to be a creepy slow burn Dracula on a yeah. boat. And they made it seem like it was going to be a, a more of an action movie. You know, uh, speaking of Van Helsing, I felt like it was, it had more in common with, um, you know, the Hugh the, Jackman, the Van Helsing, yeah. Hugh Jackman, Van Helsing yeah. than it did with the movie. I was hoping that it was yeah, going to be. I was, I was pretty, turned off really quick because i was like oh there's a there's a kid in the dog and it's like oh no they're in peril and then the fucking the the use of smashing pumpkins in 2023 to do the world is a vampire thing barf a thousand times and also they kept using the line it wasn't just like a low droning it it was it was a version of uh of uh rat in a cage but then they kept hitting on the 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 line that you say that you're like oh that's a little on the nose they kept saying it why do you keep doing this (laughs) yeah that thing of like where they go well, this is like I'm trying to think of an example of where, where you say that, you know, that that almost Disney ish trope where you say the name of the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like in the movie, <laughs> I felt like they were going to start doing that over and over. It's like, well, I hope this isn't the last voyage of the Demeter. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, it's the who jumps in or whatever, but it's the world is a vampire. And then they try to make it like super gothic and creepy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I hope they put that trailer together to attract the audience they thought was going to show up for this right. movie. That's what I was hoping. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully I, I would appreciate like a slow burn murder mystery. I think I mm-hmm. said that in a previous episode. But like they, just, it seems like they just gave away too much. They gave away the fact that Dracula is the giant bat version, which is cool. I like, yeah, I like that. You, but like, why I give love it away? That. Why'd you show it? Don't show it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I did not like. I, like I said, I'm still. will I'll still go see the mm-hmm. movie. But I, the trailer was didn't do it any <laughs> didn't, favors. Didn't do anything good for you. Yeah, I, I, nah. I just wondered because I knew it didn't do anything for me. And I was like, ah, I wonder if Brian yeah. got mad at this. <laughs> and, they, and then there was also like a, uh, there was another trailer for like some sort of like other big budget kind of horror movie. Oh, it's the freaking adaptation we talked the about Boogeyman. of uh, Boogeyman. Yeah, that didn't look good either. Yeah. That looked like poop. Yep. That looked like real poop. Um, but Anyway, uh, I, I hope not. I hope that was just that that was the, you know, like I said, the, the trailers should hope, you know, a lot of times you'll see the mm-hmm. trailers are obviously, you know, how they come across is symptomatic of, you know, the movie you're going to see. Obviously, they now and it's like trailer trailer heavy culture. There's like nine trailers for every movie and they all have very different. Right, feels. Yeah, yeah so, they're all they're all designed to trick a certain section of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I will say though and and listen guys here's get get ready to put your surprised face on i was baked when i went to this movie okay <laughs> i was pissing myself laughing at the trailer for 
Fast and Furious X or whatever, Fast and Furious 10. Holy shit, was that a funny trailer. (laughs) It was over, like, I have not, I think the last one I saw was literally the second Fast and the Furious movie. Oh, you're missing so much good fucking dumb shit. (laughs) I I think, honestly, I think the last one I saw was the second Mm -hmm. one. So when was that? That was 15 fucking Mm -hmm. years ago or whenever. Um, So I know almost nothing about this franchise after fucking, literally after probably the second one. Yeah. Um, and, And it is, it has gotten so, I'm going to say bloated. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the only way yeah. I can describe it. <laughs> Jason Momoa, which I don't mind as an actor, I guess. I think I don't mind him. I might hate him now. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't, I've never seen Aquaman. I've never seen any of that shit. I saw him in some movie my kids wanted to see where he plays like a like some sort of fucking dream demon or something i forget what the fuck movie it was couldn't tell you um it was terrible i'm starting to think i hate jason momoa <laughs> but his character in that movie felt like a saturday night live sketch yeah. like <laughs> i couldn't believe it was real i if i was like i was just stoned enough where like a small part of my brain was like is this a parody of <laughs> Of what this movie is actually going to yeah. be. No. And then it was like, no, this is 100% earnest, and I can't believe it exists. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the best part of the Fast and Furious series is because yeah. everybody plays everything serious. I think with the exception of Tyrese and Ludacris, they are like, mm-hmm. they are the comic relief that is also the audience stand in. Like they're they're yeah. breaking the fourth wall a lot of the time. Of like okay, but like everybody else plays everything seriously. Like John Cena is deadly serious a lot of the time, and it, <laughs> it's it's so ridiculous. I just learned John Cena's in the yeah, series. John Cena because they didn't. Oh, since when? I think like either eight or nine, he was introduced. How can you have this many action people in the movie and make it make sense? And it's it not doesn't. a. It doesn't. <laughs> feel like you know the 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 uh uh not replaceables the expendables. Jesus, what, what is the the expendables the expendables is is like a parody of a you know an 80s um uh, mm-hmm. action movie right this has that type of cast wait and, and this is an honest question sure. the rock's not in fast and the furious yeah, is he he was he, he is, was. He's in the. Okay. Yeah. So I can't imagine who's not in it. Like it's almost inch more inch more valuable to talk about who's not yeah. in it. No, it's more. Yeah. You, you have to ask who's not in it. And basically yeah. everybody is in it at some point. But are they all playing very similar characters? More or less. Like The Rock, Vin Diesel, Jason Momoa, like all these guys can't be playing characters that are that different they're not they're all just they're all just beef cake john cena how can you have that much beef in the movie and then they're still distinguishable characters so they're all obviously very recognizable faces right. like of course i'm not going to confuse john cena with with fucking 
uh, oh my God, and Jason Statham's in it. I just remembered. Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. On the, on, I, 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 like I said, it is a mystery to me. I'm not like trying to be like cool guy. I don't wear, watch mainstream movies. Like I absolutely do. <laughs> this is a C, this is a franchise that I've intentionally avoided because of how dumb it, it looks. Yeah. I think the first time I saw um the one of the movies like where a car guy jumps a car into a helicopter, I was like. Ah, I think it's jumped the not even not jumped the shark. Like it is jumped over the shark, took a shit on the shark, ground the shark up, set it on fire. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, I'm good, I get it. But the fact that they're still turning them out and they are still getting that, like, at what point does it become Fast and Furious Part 14 presented by under armor and burger king like it is just literally a parody of itself and and also like almost insulting to its audience so i think and i don't know maybe it's just me but it feels like the they came back with four and four was like a gritty reboot Mm -hmm. but then five was fucking bonkers and i think Mm -hmm. five might still be my favorite because it just toes the line yeah. Of being too much. But then yeah. wasn't there a space one? It was like Leprechaun in space version. They they went to space, but it's it was just like a short trip. It wasn't like they did everything in space. I could sit here all day and listen to you like pseudo apologize for this yeah. franchise. Yeah. You're like you're like kind of trying to rationalize. They didn't go to space. They took a very short trip yeah. to space. But Steve, and I'm gonna ask you this question. And I yeah. need a fucking straight answer from you. <laughs> Did they take a car in space? They took a car in space. <laughs> See, what the how? How is that? How can you do that and still take yourself as a franchise seriously? But that's the thing. That's what I'm trying to get to is I, I feel like there's a dichotomy in the audience of like there is a lot of people who take it very seriously and they're like car head, you know, like juice bros. Like yeah. a lot of people who drink bang energy. Yeah. And and so like that's why Vin Diesel and John Cena and like they play their role seriously. Mm-hmm. So for those people, it feels good to them. Yeah. But then there's people like me who knows how fucking stupid this all is. Yeah. But I just like seeing the stupid. I just like stupid. <laughs> I can appreciate the stupid. Yeah. I mean, you know me. I watch the dumbest shit in the world. I am I'm not confused by like people liking it because of how outlandish and stupid it is, Mm -hmm. I'm confused about how they have, one, the balls, (laughs) and two, the audience to take it seriously. Like, there are people out there who are watching this with their flat-brim Monster Energy drink hat on going, oh, fuck, that's sick. Right. That ruled. Yeah, that's ruled. Those chicks are so hot. Like every, every, <laughs> every movie. Those boobs are so big. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just am. It's just a wild. Like I, I know I sound like some sort of like elitist dipshit here. It's right. Like, you watch big. You know, I, that's not what I'm trying to do because I not literally have not seen the last eight. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know you're trying to not sound elitist. You still kind of do. But yeah, yeah. My suggestion is I do a little bit. My suggestion is like you can jump back into four Mm -hmm. and then just follow it and just, you know, (laughs) and I'll tell you, apparently they're ending the series at 11. Oh, so but that's surprising. Is it because everyone's getting so old? Yeah. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say because they're obviously still fucking making money. Yeah. But yeah. I, I I I suggest if you want high watches, they're definitely high watches. So yeah. you just get fucking blazed and yeah. just again, I'll I'll warn you, four is kind of a gritty action film mm-hmm. with in comparison to the rest of the series. But yeah. like by seven when Vin yeah. Diesel and Jason Statham are fighting with giant wrenches, you'll be all in. <laughs> giant wrenches. Absolutely all giant right. wrenches. Uh, oh, damn it. All right. So I, I guess I, I just need to watch this franchise. Yeah. I just need to put a, some hours in here. Yeah. Uh, so. It's either six or seven. The Rock has a minigun. Uh, you know. Damn it. Yeah. You know I love The Rock. All right. Um, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to ease myself into this here. Um, I gotta get off my get my take my fucking my my coastal elite fucking <laughs> hat off here. Meanwhile, I live on the Ohio border. Um, but yeah, like I, I have to I, I need to I need to stop. I need to pump the brakes here maybe and, and watch a couple of these movies and mm-hmm. maybe maybe I'll be the biggest fucking fan it's, and I'll be there on opening night. It's, it's a real it's a real frog in a boiling pot type of situation yeah, of like again sure. four will kind of like get you and you're like oh that's kind of a cool action car film and then five is it'll really start ramping up and then by six yeah. the rock comes in and then seven <laughs> is the wrench fight and eight is the submarine fight and nine they go into space uh, submarine <laughs> fight <laughs> and ten is what the fuck I'm imagining the- them sword fighting with submarines yeah, sure. though like they're not in submarines <laughs> they're they're using them like lightsabers with their submarines <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, guys, uh, we got off on a little fast and furious tangent there. But, um, yeah, um, let's 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 uh, let's recap here what what uh, y'all need to go out there and check out this week. If you want to follow along for this for the um, showdown episode for May. Once again, the topic is before they were stars. You get to watch uh, your buddy Justin Long and Jeepers Creepers from 2001. Bigfoot Ben's going to be our guest host defending that movie. Uh, on on Meg's behalf, and then uh, I'm going to be talking about Halloween Six: The Curse of Michael Myers from 1995 with one Mr. Paul Rudd, and then Steve, uh, you, just goddamn another hunk here with Bradley Cooper in 2008, 2008's um, The Midnight Meat Train. So go check those fucking things out. Um, and as always, like I said, follow us on the social medias. And if you want to give us one of them old reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify's, whatever, uh, shoot us a DM. Say, hey, I just reviewed you uh, or screenshot and send it. Whatever you want to do. I'll believe you if you say it. Uh, send it our way in the old DMs on uh, Instagram and I'll send you some fucking stickers. Halloween is forever stickers in the mail. And maybe I'll throw in the, an atomic warhead or something. I've been known to do that okay. from time to time. Um all right. Anything else, Steve? Anything else we're forgetting? No, nope, that's it. All right. Join us next week for that motherfucking May showdown, guys. For the Halloween's Forever crew, I'm Brian. I'm Steve. Still champ. Steve's still champ. Meg's not here. What the fuck is the world coming to? See Fast you later. Fast and the Furious is funny. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>